When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Thank you for listening. This week's episode is about how to find your magic again. But before we get into the episode, come see me live. I am on the road this weekend, actually next weekend, coming up August 18th and 19th. I'm going to be in Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club. I'm also going to be in Texas, Rhode Island, Philadelphia, New York City, uh, a whole bunch of dates, jessiemae.com for tickets. And if you guys have any questions or if you have emails you'd like to send me, you can do that at jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. We do questions, comments, and concerns. So shoot us an email. Also, you can call the podcast and leave a message to be played on the episode, 513-916-0930. Let's get into this week's episode. We talk about ways to find your magic again. And I was experiencing this after going to Italy and also my shows in Chicago. I feel like I've found some magic on stage again and just in my life in general. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of the Sharp Tongue Podcast with me. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening beep. to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. Talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. We're a full-functioning studio. I don't know if anyone realizes this. I took a shower, I washed my hair, I put it in a braid, and I'm ready for work. Can it be considered work if it's fun? And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about three ways to find your magic again. I don't know if anyone out there has experienced what I've experienced where you kind of feel like you lost yourself along the way a little bit, or you got lost, or... You feel like you lost your grip on your essence or your magic or that thing that keeps you going. Um, you, you might have lost connection to your purpose. And let me say, I don't feel like I need to say this. I am in no way, shape, or form anyone who thinks that I know what I'm talking about. I only speak what I've experienced. So I'm not trying to be your life coach. I'm not trying to be your therapist. I'm just your friend who's been through life. And want to share what I've learned because I wish I had more resources growing up and now we have all these resources so why not share them and the one thing that I've experienced these past couple weeks going to Italy and doing my shows in Chicago is just how much of my magic I was disconnected from and how going to Italy and having my show my shows in Chicago helped me reconnect to that so we're going to get to that at the end of the episode three ways to find your magic again and also the ikigai uh, graph as a model for you to find your purpose is something that I use to find my purpose 
And I do believe most of us have a purpose. I also believe some of us are just assholes. Some of us are just assholes. And I have to get this off my chest. And it's a man with an abnormally large chest who bothered me this week. I was at the gym. And this guy who was shaped like a mountain, and not in a good way, an unnatural mountain, was videotaping himself working out. And this might seem antithetical to the whole theme of the episode of us finding our magic again, and here I am. Maybe this is this guy's magic. Maybe he enjoys going to the gym and videotaping himself doing peck flies. But hey, bud, if I'm in the background of your video, do I get a credit? Do I even... Is there craft services here? Why are you recording yourself at the gym? First and foremost, we've become a society of people who don't want to live as much as they want to go live. And it feels a little problematic for me to be discussing this because I am a performer, but that's my purpose. That's my magic. That's how I make a living. I just sounded like an asshole. I didn't mean to sound like an asshole. But this guy really frustrated me. Frustrated me so much because he didn't even have the wherewithal to, hey, hey, people, anybody in the background, I'm about to do a video of me doing workouts that don't work out because I have a ruptured spleen from lifting weight that I physically cannot and should not lift. First of all, his outfit really pissed me off. His outfit pissed me off. It was the color of the sweatshirt. It was the fact it matched his shoes. It was the fact he had the shoes that he had on. It was all of it. It was the tight shorts. The tight shorts pissed me off. <laughs> the freaking tight shorts. All of it felt contrived. It all felt contrived. No one's living authentically because everyone's living for recording. And no one's being themselves. They're all being a version that they want to be portrayed on their videos and on their social media accounts. And I don't know if this guy, he could be viral and maybe I'll get some followers from it and I probably should shut up. But it really bothered me. It bothered me because he didn't even consider that there's a woman in the background. Oh, I'm, I just have a photo of him here and it's this, oh, he was, <laughs> he just, he was shaped like a man who had eaten a really bad sandwich, like a sandwich at like a, like a, like a pork sandwich and the pork wasn't cooked enough and he's like I just gotta get home because this is painful he's walking around the gym he had like a he had a, a full studio with him he had like a travel studio at LA Fitness here I am just trying to get back to life just trying to get some abs for the summer trying to work off my bread fupa that I grew in Italy Trying to work off my gnocchi gunt that went into my carry-on on my way home from, from Positano. And here comes this guy in his neon outfit ruining my day. Well, maybe, maybe it's a lesson for me to not let people ruin my day. That could be a situation as well. Figuring out ways to not let strangers ruin your day. Well, I wish him well and I hope he's successful on TikTok. I haven't done a shout out to Chicago for you guys coming out to the shows. We had an amazing weekend at Chicago Zanies, which is such a legendary club in this country. They really make you feel like you're a comedian. They make you feel that what you do matters. 
at least in my experience, I felt welcome. I felt supported. And it was the first time in a long time that I felt connected to what I do on stage. And it was, it really was a magical weekend for me. And I don't know if it would have been as magical had I not gone to Italy. I do believe everything you do unlocks something like in a video game to get you to the next level. So I think on, in Italy, it unlocked something in me. Maybe that experience with my mom unlocked something in me that allowed me to let go of something that was hanging on to her to make me lighter so that I could be on stage and have more fun. And being on stage and having more fun in Chicago unlocks something else in me to be able to be more present and have more fun in my personal life and, and to be more present for friends and, and in all of my acquaintances and in every area of my life. But Chicago was interesting. You know, it's funny. You sometimes have to get out of LA to experience humanity. There's not a lot of humanity in LA. I said it. There's a lot of humans living under a bridge and I'm not talking crap about homeless people. I'm saying there's more people in the streets than there are people with humanity in LA. I said it. I'll stand by it. Maybe I am speaking from a place because I work in the entertainment industry and I'm around a certain caliber of human. I could be a little jaded. I could be a little judgy. T tell me I'm wrong. I'll show you the receipts. But being in Chicago, I was reminded how nice people can be in Chicago. And it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. I had never experienced it that way. I had never experienced Chicago the way I experienced it in the summertime. I'm always there when it's 37 below. And if you go outside, that wind slaps you in the face and it rips your nose ring off. If you have a nose ring in Chicago in the winter, you're getting frostbite on your nose. Your nose is going to look like the nose of everyone's uncle who day drinks in Chicago. You're just going to have a red schnoz that is always day drunk. Because it's so freaking cold. The metal just blasts. <laughs> the metal shoots the cold out of your nostrils. And it acts like a conductor. And you get the shot through your, through your sinuses. And you freeze your lungs. That lung freeze is a common issue in Chicago. So don't wear a nose ring in Chicago in the winter. Little, little life hack from Jesse Mae Peluso. But being there in the summer, I was able to walk around. I was able to experience the city and see just how beautiful it is. And they have an amazing museum I spent 32 minutes in. That's all I had. And I was really proud of myself because, first and foremost, I'm a student. I'm a student of life. But I did go to UCLA, not the actual college, online. They told me it was going to be a Zoom course. It ended up being basically a MySpace class where everyone just posted on a page and we all had a check back. And so I, I took this memoir writing course and I used it to help me write my book that I'm writing. And I, I took the class because it was Zoom and I thought, okay, at least there's some engagement because I learn a very specific way. I went to two schools. I'm gifted. I, took the sh I, I was school bused to my second school. Only the OG Maybays will understand that and Deb who's laughing. I was school bus because I learned in a very special way. So I need certain requirements for me to even be able to understand what's going on. 
So I heard Zoom course, and I'm like, oh, this will be cool. And then it turns out that it was on a message board, and the wheels didn't completely fall off the track, per se. I finished a class. I actually got like a 96. Thank you very much. Thank you. Round of applause. And uh, that was not without me using every resource I had and almost dying. But I say all that because I felt really prideful when I went up to this museum. Oh, my God. Is that a ghost? What was that? I went to the Museum of Modern Art in Chicago, and I was actually able to use a student discount. I use that student discount. I love a coupon. I love Kohl's Cash. I love, uh, excuse me, Marshall sent me a $5 coupon, a $5 coupon. Do you know how many things you can get at Marshall's for $5? You could get more than five things if you dig, if you really dig. Maybe not. That was probably a little exaggerated, but I'm so optimistic. Let me tell you, a coupon... It's like crack for me. I learned that from my mom. I love a coupon for anything. I love the discounts. I love digging. I like just putting it into the computer. Going to Home Depot today, are there any coupons? Sometimes you find a coupon online. And then you feel like you made money. That's how I gamble. And I realized I could save a little bit of money. Not that I'm one to slight a museum. But I do feel like a lot of people go into a museum and they act like that's charity. And some people actually do give charity to museums. They go and they have a bench made for themselves. I don't know if that's museums or parks, but rich people like to have benches built. <laughs> Unless you're Army Hammer. Anywho, don't watch that documentary. So I went to the museum and I got to use my student discount. I only had a few minutes and I asked the, the, the lovely gentleman there. I said, I only have a short amount of time. Is there anything I should definitely see? And he told me about the Hall of Reflection, I believe it was called. It was a pop-up exhibit at this museum, and it was only there for that day. That was the last day it was going to be there. And so I went in, and it was really interesting. It wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be more about your interpersonal reflection and reflections about yourself and maybe some revelations you have about yourself, maybe... Uh, the cover of Christina Aguilera's Mi Reflejo album. I don't know. I don't know what it was going to be. But I certainly wasn't expecting what it was. They have that little placard outside and it gives you the brief description. And it was about a lot of racial issues and historical issues between white and black people and all different types of um, people of color and Asian people and various things throughout history that we know about Martin Luther King and the Vietnam War. And I walked in, I'm like, damn, this is heavy. I just was kind of looking for like, I don't know, floating flowers and bubbles in a room. When I think of Museum of Modern History, I think of stuff where you're like, is this art? It's a blue shelf. I went to the Guggenheim one time. This is a true story. I went to the Guggenheim one time in New York City. You know that thing shaped like something that doesn't exist anywhere? That place? I walked in and there was a, a blue, I don't even know what it was. It was a blue, like a, like, a, a, like a wall leaning against another wall. And that was the art. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, like, a, like a 10 by 10 piece of wood painted blue. And I think the price was something like, a, like a, $100,000 million dollars. I could have gone to art school. I'm an artist. That's a piece of art. But it's easier to look at than 
recollections of the Vietnam, Vietnam War on a Saturday at 1. <laughs> I walk in. And there was this really cool rendition of the letter that was sent to Martin Luther King from the FBI threatening him to cancel his speech. And it was done on glass and his speech was etched out and then it was portrayed in a few different frames. And then a few frames down overlapped by that letter sent to Dr. King was Coretta Scott King's letter in repeal for her siblings that were trying to sell her father's Bible. And I believe one other piece that was irreplaceable. It was a very cool piece of art showing the overlap of like what happened to Dr. Martin Luther King and his daughter trying to save the last two pieces of him from her siblings selling them. So that was the first thing you saw when you walked in. And then there was this, a, a podcast word that I use too much, jarring piece in memoriam for the Vietnamese people whose lives were lost in the Vietnam War. And I didn't know this. This is a part of history we all should know. But about 3 million people, Vietnamese people, died in the Vietnam War. And this piece of art, it's these, it was these huge steel and aluminum plates that were on a center pole that you could move and open and look at and they were huge but on these steel plates that had these copper sheets across these like slabs had every name from the three million Vietnamese people who lost their lives in that war and that that made me cry I'm in there bawling my eyes out I, I was I was just hoping to look at a blue wall Boy, did I get punched in the gut. It was an amazing exhibit, and it gave me some real gratitude. It made me realize just how many things we take for granted and how small our lives are, but how big they are, because I'm looking at this beautiful art piece that just looked like nothing. It looked like if Home Depot took those those color samples, those like little pieces of paper that they have, and put those on these big slabs, and you're, you were just colorblind and you needed them that big and you could pan through that's what this piece looked like but so much more industrial and cool but it was so amazing that every single name three million names he probably had ai print it all out that that would be messed up because there was that artist who claimed he used ai he was a photographer i can't remember his name did you see that there's this photographer who was about to win this really prestigious award, the some art award. I, it's like it maybe equivalent to like the Nobel Peace Prize for the art community. And he couldn't accept it because he had to admit that the portrait that was up for the selection was an AI rendering. And I respect that. I respect that. It's kind of like when Steve Renazizi had to admit he lied about 9-11. Someone gave him like a little, like, hey, this is about to come out, so you're going to choose? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, okay, well, not all of it was true. <laughs> Shots fired. Never forget. Never forget when Steve Renazizi lied about 9-11. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. You'll find it. Anywho, Chicago was amazing. I was in the airport on my way home, and I'm in line at a Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks. I do not like a Starbucks. I think their coffee tastes like burnt trash. I said it. 
If they want to be a podcast sponsor, we'll cut this part out in the future. I get coffee from Italy. I get coffee from, actually, my favorite coffee, I'm going to say, is Jack's Stirbrew from New York City. They've sent me beans for the past two or three years, and that is that is my renalin. That is my Adderall. It is my joy in my heart. But I'm standing in line at Starbucks, and this woman in front of me had this backpack, and I thought it said Jessie May, but it said Josie May. <clears throat> Excuse me, Josie May. And I had to say something to her. I can't just let this woman who has a backpack that I for sure thought said Jessie May on it not engage with me, especially after what happened with me seeing my mom in Italy. Now when I feel these little gut feelings, I'm going for it. This will probably be the thing that gets me murdered in a forest. But hey, at least I stayed open and curious. (laughs) So I tap her on the shoulder. I go, excuse me, what is the deal with the name on your backpack? And she said, oh, that's a combination of, of my name and my grandma's name. My grandma's middle name was May. And my middle name is from my grandma's middle name. And that's why it's spelled M-A-E. It's kind of like an old school style of spelling. That got her and I talking. She was an like, adorable woman. She owned a t-shirt printing company, which, by the way, we're going to hit her up. And her and her husband were on their way to celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary. They were going to, I think they were going to St. Martin. And we just got chit-chatting. And we had this great connection in line at the Starbucks. We both complained about how terrible the Starbucks coffee is, but it's the only real coffee in the airport. And then we go to get up and her and her husband are like, you go ahead, go ahead. We got two hours until our flight leaves. And I thought I had a bunch of time. I had checked my app before I got in line to make sure I had time to get the coffee. It said, you know, B-17, and Starbucks was like by gate B-12 or B-20, and I thought, oh, I got plenty of time, and they, they insisted. They go, no, we insist. You go in front of us. You get your coffee, so I do that. I get a coffee, and I get a grilled cheese because I love cheese, and I love bread, and I'm still reminiscent about all of it. I get the grilled cheese. I get my coffee, and I'm walking away. I say goodbye to my girl and her husband, and I'm walking away, And I go to check my phone and my phone goes from gate B12 to C32. (laughs) That's a whole other place. That's a whole other part of the alphabet. I'm like, no, not C32, any place but C32. I had walked all the way down to B17, which is further than what I thought. And I had to go all the way back past Starbucks. I was like this because I'm like, I don't want these people to think that I'm coming back to like get their phone numbers and be best friends. I'd already gotten her phone number in line, but you know, you don't want to seem like your stage five clinger in line at Starbucks. So I kind of ran by the Starbucks. I get to the gate. I I'm my, my people, my, my, whatchamacallit, the group had already gotten on the plane. So I'm out there. I get in line and it's, it wasn't C32, it was C10. And then next to C10 was C10A. That's always a different flight. C10A is never the same flight. When there's an A or, or a C or D, it's always another flight. So I go to C10, which is what it said on my app. And the person in the, 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 it was United, the United operator, operator, she was like, you got to go to C10A, which is right there. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, you have to go to C10A. Like, I'm supposed to know that. Like, I'm supposed to know that. I didn't know I was going to be playing bingo at O'Hare. Because it's B-17, C-10, now it's C-10A, and I'm the asshole? This is why I should have became a veterinarian. 
because I almost lost it. Had I not had that grilled cheese and that burnt coffee, this bitch at C10 would have gotten a mouthful of Jesse May. Probably not, because the last time I did that, Paul Ilya was there and he saw the whole thing. He saw me lose my mind a little bit, and that was embarrassing. We all lose it, just a little. We all get frustrated. We all get annoyed. We all have a breaking point. Well, speaking of breaking point, this is a good place to break. We have a sponsor this week. Are you guys looking for something new and funny to listen to? Well, you should listen to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. But if you're already a subscriber and a fan, there is an entire comedy podcast network. Earwolf has been cooking up something special on their Earwolf Presents feed. Every month on Earwolf Presents, you can listen to a brand new limited comedy series hosted by some of the funniest people out there, like Girl God, April Clark, and Grace Feud, Oscar Montoya, Mano Agapion, I, I don't know how to say that name, Jacob Wiskaki, Wysocki, and coming to the feed in September, the hilarious Lisa Gilroy. You'll find series such as The Girl God Experience, The Try Gaze, that sounds fun. I don't know if there's three of them. Expo, Expose, and some more surprises along the way. They're weird, experimental, and just plain fun. Listen to all these shows and more on Earwolf Presents Wherever you get your podcasts. Earwolf sounds like a type of bug that gets stuck in your ear. Maybe that's why they called it that, because it's just stuck in your head. Speaking of stuck in my head, the nice people of Chicago. Everyone was nice. Even the Uber drivers were nice. And normally, that is such a transactional experience, which you kind of want it to be. You don't really want to have a conversation with someone driving you home. At least I don't. Sometimes I'm in the mood, but rarely. that The travel time, you just want to relax. I can't stand when you get in and the Uber driver's like, well, where are you headed? And you're like, well, it's on the app. So don't even try and open this conversation. And then they're like, well, in 1995, you're like, son of a bitch. What happened in 1995? Why are we going back that far? But my Uber driver was so nice. Uh, actually, it was Uber Eats, which is totally different. But I usually stay in touch pretty pretty consistently with my uber eats driver because i want to know where my food is right now and so i said i'm coming down and they couldn't stay because the way the streets are in chicago they couldn't park in front of the hotel so they had to like leave their 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 um what do you call that thing the the hazard lights is that what they're called caution lights hazard whatever the lights you leave on when you pretend you're not parking but you really just leave your car there until you get a ticket they left those lights on they ran and they dropped my food off and they said i dropped the food at the front desk sorry my car was on the street sorry they said sorry twice which by the way no one in la says sorry i don't even think that's a part of the language here people go to say sorry and then they short out and they and they literally go into a coma but here in chicago this guy said it twice in one text and i said no worries usually that's it he responds thanks a lot for understanding I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe this man followed up on my gratitude. He was like, oh, I see your gratitude. Hold my hand. Here's some more gratitude for you. And it felt kind of amazing. And that's a part of, I think, where my magic has started to come back is feeling people and feeling their their graciousness and their empathy and even though I come out talking crap about this guy at the gym who he was doing exercises that were not exercises he even had his camera set up and I'm doing lunges 
and I went and checked his camera view. I went behind his camera to look. He, he was doing these things. I don't know what this is. He looked like the, the recordings of people who are on a piece of equipment for like their leg and they're working out their neck. That's what he looked like. But his camera was angled towards me and I went and looked in the camera to make sure it wasn't on me, but it was on me. And I went and complained on him twice. Even though I started the podcast complaining about him, there still are good people in the world. And people's generosity and their kindness really does something. And this is the first time in my life where I'm feeling other people's kindness fill me up. Was that a fucking spider? Did you see that? Something fell from the ceiling. Ah! <laughs> it could have been just a bug flying by, but it looked like something dropped from the ceiling. Deb's got the... <laughs> She's got the broom. <laughs> this is the first time in my life where I'm feeling the effects of other people's kindness. And I think maybe that's what I needed is to feel what that feels like. And to be able to be on the other side of it for some of my life. But it has helped me because I have not really felt the desire to get up on stage as much as I used to. And I'm, I'm going with that energy because I do believe in following what your energy is. And while there's some areas where you have to push and some areas where you have to just dig in, I've been allowing this shift in my life to tell me whatever it is, to inform me, to lead me. I've led so much of everything I've done. I have dictated everything I've done that I think that I've taken this time to learn what it feels like to be led, even if it's still a part of what I'm doing. I'm still allowing myself to just stand back and let the universe sort of drive me a little bit. And I was able to have fun this past weekend in, in LA. I did shows at the improv and at the long beach laugh factory and Deb came along and we had, a, we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. The improv show was wild because it was like 7 o'clock and it was so bright. I don't think comedy works during the day. It feels like vampires. It feels like a bunch of us are like, Ooh, the light. It's burning my skin. It's burning my demonic skin. It doesn't feel right talking about what we talk about when the light is still out. I think that's why maybe comedy fits better in a dark space, dark, tight, and dingy space. Space. But the shows at the improv were interesting. I don't know if it's just L.A., but everywhere else but L.A. on stage does tend to feel a little bit more lively and the people pay attention more. And I don't know if that is because people in L.A. are just so jaded or everyone's more concerned about getting home and posting something to their own TikTok, but it was fun and I do enjoy the challenge and on the way from my improv show to the Long Beach Laugh Factory, we were talking about the Barbie movie, which I haven't seen yet. Did you see it yet? We haven't seen it yet. We don't know. We don't know anything about it. I mean, we know what we have read a little bit about it. I do know that it's broken records for Greta Gerwig. It's, I think it's a top grossing movie of all time for any female ever. And it's about Barbie. The irony, the top grossing movie of all time for a woman is about Barbie. Now, I haven't seen it, so I'm sure people are screaming, no, there's a bigger message. It's about a woman's plight through life and being able to overcome. <laughs> it's about Barbie. And that got me to thinking about this one time I was playing with my Ken and Barbie dolls, and we were dancing. Not we. It wasn't a thruple. I was eight, and Ken and Barbie were in love. 
and I was, we were dancing. We were just dancing on my bed, having a good time. And then it was like dinner time. My mom was like, Jess, it's dinner time. And so Ken and Barbie stopped dancing. It's dinner time. We don't eat and dance. That's how you get a stomach ache. Everyone knows you can't go in the pool until 32 minutes after your last meal. Everyone knows the rules. <laughs> and so I put Ken on top of Barbie on top of my bed and I go downstairs and I ate the spaghetti and meatballs. I come back upstairs. Nance had already made her way back upstairs. She was not happy. She calls me into my room. She goes, Jessica May, what is Ken doing on top of Barbie? I'm like, I don't know, mom. What's he doing? She's like, you tell me. And I said, I don't even know. They were dancing. And then they laid down. She's like, they laid down and did what? And I'm like, they rested from the dance. <laughs> it, was a, it was an aggressive dance. She's like, what kind of dance? I'm like, it was a, just a dance. You know, they were just booging. And she's like, was this a no pants dance? And I said, what? I mean, my Barbie didn't have pants on, but it wasn't sexual. I just didn't have her latest outfit. <laughs> she had so many outfits. She had so many outfits and she, her boobs were so perky. So it was hard to not sexualize it as a parent. I didn't even know what sex was at that point. They literally just danced. But my mom was like, yeah, I can't put Ken on top of Barbie. It's inappropriate. Then I never danced with anybody ever, ever after that. I said, no, 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 this isn't good. You're going to lay on me and then Nancy's going to get pissed. So we got, we can't dance. We can never dance again. And, and, and cut to, Deb made a good point. Cut to Nancy and her dirty magazines that I found. Oh yeah. She's got playgirls from the seventies and she's got some girl or some magazine called Verbo from like the sixties and there are penises in those magazines and she's dead. But I, well, is she? Cause we've seen her in Italy. Is she dead or she come back to look at her dirty magazines? Hypocrite. I can call my mom hypocrite. She's dead. <laughs> I have an overheard from a couple weeks ago. It's something I heard in my own kitchen because it came out of my mouth. I said, I smashed my jar of ghee. I smashed my jar of ghee. Some of you are like, what the F is ghee? I'm still not sure. It's the latest craze. I know what it is. It's basically lactose-free butter. They heat the butter up. The milk solids float to the top. They scoop those out, and you're left with purified butter with no dairy in it. But it's ghee, and I dropped my entire jar of ghee. And let me tell you, ghee is not cheap. How can something be more expensive with less of it in it? That's just not fair. You took the best part out. So you owe me money. You took the milk fat out. So I feel like I'm owed a few dollars. This is like a $47, jar, $47 jar of butter. It's not even butter. It's like two clicks away from being that thing that, that Fabio ate before the, the goose flew in his face. And I smashed mine. And I was pissed. And don't think I didn't try and return it to the grocery store. And don't think that they didn't give me a new one. Yes, they did. I went in there and again, I said, I smashed my jar of ghee and I brought the shattered jar <laughs> and they gave me another one. Oh, sometimes being a woman is a great thing. I don't know if we talked about this overheard that I overheard in Chicago. This was overheard as I was walking to my gig from my hotel to the blue crab district or the red lamp, the old, old town. Chicago, I heard a uh, fella say, well, I want to cross the street and grab a vape and, and nothing else. 
Did we talk about this one? Nothing else. And there's nothing else you could say because the only thing you're going to say is going to be something douchey. Uh, vaping is so uncool. Do I sound dated saying that? I don't know and I don't care. There was this video of Lana Del Rey that circulated recently of her taking a hit of her vape on stage at her own concert. And I just think that's douchey. You don't look cool. You don't look cool. Blowing that plume of smoke out. I don't know. Maybe it's a ketamine vape. Allegedly. Not even allegedly. I'm just tossing that out there because I'm jealous that she has hundreds of thousands of people coming to her concert. But does she need a vape? I feel like she's so above that. Well, I want to go and grab a vape. And, and what? What are you going to do next? Buy some Bitcoin, Chad? What the frick's going to happen, bro? Tell me. I'm a little, still a little spicy. I can feel it. Uh, Blakey Sherm, old school OG, sent me a very fun video that we can't play on YouTube, but luckily you guys on Patreon can listen to it. If you watch the video, you can see it there. Of Annie Lennox and Alicia Keys on stage together, and it's one of the coolest found footage videos I've ever seen. It basically looks like that video from the 60s of Bigfoot. And in no way is that indicative of either Annie Lennox or Alicia Keys. It's just in reference to the shakiness of the camera. It literally looks like Bigfoot found footage. But Annie Lennox, her voice, and, and, and Alicia Keys, two amazing, I just spit everywhere, two amazingly talented musicians. And it's one of the coolest videos. I wish I could have seen that live. And then it made me go on this deep dive of Annie Lennox and her music and just that powerful voice. It was it was very interesting to see two different genres of musicians on stage and also two different eras. And Annie Lennox, she's kind of moving a little bit. I'm like, oh God, be careful because you get older and your hips aren't what they used to be. But she was doing, she's doing a little grind dance. I was like, okay, Aunt Annie, I see you. I see you trying to show Alicia Keys that you got groove and you've got some moves. It was, it was actually amazing uh, to watch that and We'll put it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. I did want to make sure I gave a shout out to the sweet woman who found my knife. I know it's been months and we've already talked about it, but I, I couldn't remember her name. And I might be butchering her name, but it's Danielle Fragile. No, it's Danielle Fagile, Fag, Fagley. <laughs> Fagley? Fagley? I probably shouldn't even have mentioned it. Why do I even bring this up? I want Danielle Fagley, F-A-G-L-I-E. I wanted to thank her and make sure that she got her due credit for finding my pinhorn knife. Let's do a couple uh, May Bay shout outs right now. I did a Cheez-Its rant a few months back that went viral and some people stole my idea, but it's fine. We won't, we won't name names. But a fan, Mike Greiser popped in my dms and he said jesse may i just wanted i just watched your cheese it's rant oh wait hold on here we there we go jesse may i just watched your cheese it's rant on your ig loved it i voiced the talking cheese wheel immature cheese for their ads for 12 years they have now hired a non-union actor to do a lame version of new spots more importantly wanted to tell you how much i enjoy your hosting for tattoo redo great show best matt this guy was the voice of the cheese we have to get him on the podcast. Matt, I'm going to be DMing you back. I want you on the podcast and I want the cheese. I want you, but I also, I need to hear the cheese. What does cheese sound like? 
is probably the greatest sound of all time. The greatest sound, just ooey goodness. Not uh, Katie Cazorla, my friend, has a really funny joke about mac and cheese and the sound of mac and cheese. We won't talk about that. But I just, we have to talk to Matt. We have to say hi to Matt and see what he sounds like. See what cheese sounds like. Okay, so in the beginning of the episode, we talked about three ways to find your magic again. And I say again because I'm speaking to myself. Because it took me six months and I probably could have used a, a whole year off of everything, even more. But this is the biggest type of break I've ever taken in my life where I'm not doing as much as I normally do, but I still did a ton. Even in that amount of time of taking a break from how I normally exist and how I normally move through my life in the world, I was able to open up and realize that I had missed a little bit of my magic. But I do believe that a lull in your magic, a lull in your creativity is a part of the process. It's a part of the entire picture. It's a part of your whole story. And I chose to look at it or rather had an epiphany about it and looked at it that way just recently where I thought to myself, I've been so hard on myself during these past few months and have felt guilty about not doing as much and not getting out on stage as much. And I realized, well, maybe this break is going to give me new perspective. Maybe this break is vital and essential for me to discovering another level of my magic. You know, we talked about how when I went to Italy and how when you travel and do new things, it can unlock a part of you and help you let go a part of yourself that's holding on to a part of you that's holding you back. And you're able to sort of elevate in your life through your life, kind of how characters do in the video games. And I realized that a break and peace and calm are a part of discovering magic and discovering your magic. So I sat and thought about three ways to figure out how to find your magic again. Three ways that have worked for me. Number one is so easy and it's so obvious and it's something that I have recommended for years for myself and on this podcast and it's so simple. Stress yourself out in a good way, like exercise. There's something about untangling those cobwebs and moving your body and shaking out all of that that holds you down just in the beginning of the day and it's hard to do. I don't get it right every single day, but when I do do it, I said do do, you really feel the effects. I feel so much clearer, so much calmer and centered. And it's not just about working out all the cobwebs. I do believe there are, there, there's a real positive effect to stressing yourself out, but stressing yourself out in a good way. And exercise is a form of stress when you're lifting heavy weights or you're walking fast, running from the latest meth creature in the street, whatever it is, however you're getting your cardio in, get it in. It's, an amazing way to unlock bad thoughts and send them away and to unlock stiff parts of your body and to challenge yourself and have a focus and, and to be able to exercise your demons. I have exercised the demons. Number two, this is so cheesy, probably cheesy for a lot of you. Write a list of gratitude, things that you're grateful for. So much of how we exist lies in our impeccable ability to focus on the negative. We focus on negative so much. We have so much negative bias and a lot of us have experienced depression and loss and, and 
mood swings and it's so easy to get stuck in this horrible thought process but even in a bad thought process you can write a gratitude list you can write a list of the things that you are grateful for a list of things that have helped you a list of things that have given you a smile even on your heaviest day so I wrote a little gratitude list that I'll read at the end um, number three, sleep is not king, it's queen. Sleep is everything. I was joking about like getting into bed at 7 p.m. on a summer night. Woo! I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I love nothing more than to sleep. I want all the sleep. I am the best person after two things, after I've had food and after I've slept. You do not want to talk to me before that. I'm a demon before that. It is a demonic possession. A hungry and tired woman, get out of her way. Nothing's going to go your way unless you get out of hers. Let her through. Sleep is everything. In quality sleep, you might be on a crappy mattress. I found out that my neck bone is bending the wrong way. I found out my neck bone is bending. It's got the wrong curvature. My neck bone buckles and it goes the other way. My, my neck bone looks like a piece of something that keeps wires rolled up together. It's a horrific situation. So make sure that your sleep is quality. You've got the right pillows. I've got horrible pillows. So you got to make sure you have high quality pillows, a good mattress, invest in some nice sheets. Target's got some samples, not samples. Target's got some sales. Get those coupons. Get on your coupon game. Um, number four, there is this graph that you can do to find your purpose. And I think a part in finding your magic is to understand what you're good at, what you love to do, what you can make money at, and what the world needs. And those are basically the pillars of the Ikigai method of finding your purpose. We'll put the link in the show notes. And it's a graph on how to basically find what you're good at, find what the world needs, find what you can make money at. And you you, you draw all these circles and in the middle is your purpose. And it probably sounds simplistic, but it could help you. It might not be the thing, but you might you might be able to help find you get you on the path to find whatever that thing is so exercise very simple write a gratitude list sleep and sleep some more and then check out this ikigai graph and see if you don't discover maybe your magic has changed maybe your the thing that your your thought was your purpose is something new but in that purpose is your magic so uh, my gratitude list is pretty short, but it's pretty simple. Puppies. Just any puppy. I love all puppies. I like puppies that have one eye. I like puppies that have four teeth. I like puppies that have no teeth. I like puppies that have weird teeth and crooked teeth. I like puppies that are missing all their legs and someone's carrying them inside of a purse. I like puppies that don't like me. Basically my dogs. I'm grateful for my dogs. I have three. It's a lot, but they provide me with structure and affection. And what would I do if I didn't have poop to pick up all day long? What would I do with myself? My extremities. I'm grateful for my arms and my legs and my fingers and my toes. I think about this every single day. I'm so grateful I can reach and grab things. I'm grateful I can make a cup of coffee. I'm grateful I can walk, that I can get to places, that I can get in my car and out of my car without even thinking we take so many things for granted and my extremities are one thing that I honestly think I'm so grateful for every day. My sister, Emily, I have two other sisters, but eh. my assistant, Deb, grateful for her. 
my podcast that has given me another level of meaning and some focus during the hardest times of my life. It's helped me find a way through the darkest days. And I feel like if I can connect with you guys and help you through your darkest days, then that's my purpose. And that leads me to the last item on my list for today are my fans, you guys, the listeners, the supporters, the people who email me and message me and comment on my photos and come out to my shows, all of you guys, all of you men, ladies, however you identify, all of you have helped me through the hardest times in my life and I'm forever grateful and I hope this podcast has helped you guys. And I'll put links in the episode to help you find your magic again. Get some sleep because it's going to be a long, beautiful life. Thank you guys so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.